Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. I almost messed up there. The, the videos were in the wrong spot. I almost, I almost made a mistake. So we fixed it. It's good to go. Everyone's happy. At least Mike is. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is just FYI, a pre-recorded episode. So we're going to be pre-recording this one. Uh, people are traveling again. again. Uh, it's happening a lot these days. However, though, uh, there is a lot of other good links that will be in the description as well, talking more about this particular feature as we talk about today's episode. And again, uh, with all things, we are still talking about fabric. I think we're going to hear about it a lot longer here for a, for a period of time. So, I think we'll do a mix. Like We're not going to say I think the next two months are going to be just fabric. We'll mix in. Obviously, we still work in another tool. I think it's called Power BI. So yes. I'm assuming we're still going to have some topics there too. I I, I have been, uh, I really like what Alex, Alex Powers has done and I've jumped on his bandwagon. He's been uh, touting this thing called the fabricators, <laughs> which is uh, someone who works in fabric. So I've been building a bunch of like rando fun internet-y things across that. So maybe you'll, I'll throw that in the chat as well or the links as well. There's in addition to that, um, you can now go f uh, buy or purchase your official genuine fabricators uh gear and swag if you'd like to uh join in the fabricators uh i guess movement i guess i guess we're a movement maybe all two of us you know you know the what was it i was trying i was switching up like the power bi user group right and yeah we had we had generated the milwaukee power bi user group and now it's like the milwaukee oh no the, the milwaukee brew platform. city power bi yeah. platform and now it's like milwaukee brew city fabric user i was like eh, that just doesn't roll off the tongue and then like when he brought up fabricators and this i'm like oh that's much better that's, that's like, much better what yeah. are we power the bi Milwaukee user, fabricators power bi pros we're power bi you know well now we're we're still power biers in in wrapped in fabric <laughs> wrapped in swaddling clothes i don't know well, it does change what? the conversation and also the google searches if you say i'm a fabric consultant you You're gonna get a lot more audience. Yeah. Yes, just not gonna be able to, <laughs> not be able to help them out as what well. Is, what is what? What is your stitch stitch technique for working with? Uh, uh, is that in synapse <laughs> or in pipelines? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's interesting well, how, there you how go. the internet. There you go. That's another one. How do you stitch your data together across? Oh the, man, across the ecosystem. Oh man, we could go all day with Chess. this. Yeah, uh, you're gonna bribe, uh, build a patchwork of. There you go. You know, shirts on data. shirts, Mike. Shirts just, on shirts. Yeah, exactly. Just like your grandma used to make. Mm -hmm. Well, fabric fabricators, like technically now, takes you on into industrial as well, right? Like it could be, yeah. Fabricating your own your supply chain of data. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it. I like to wrap yourself in a cool set of data. But today, today we're talking about a Power BI specific component within fabric. I would agree. And I, and I think uh, this is part of, I've been also trying to explore a little bit of this feature myself inside PowerBay.com, just to make sure I get my head around it. The, the, the main topic for today is talking about Git integration and Power BI, something that we've been longing for for a long period of time, really trying to get our head around what this means, how is this going to be used. Uh, and I think this, we've been saying it all the time through the fabric, this is legitimately a game changer. We've been asking for this feature for years as a enterprise, you know, BI solution development tool. So I'm really, really excited for this next um, feature set here. And and I think for all of us, all of us have a developer tendency, so to speak. So all of us, when we heard the Git integration, when Rui announced it, I think we all, I think I, I might've jumped out of my chair, Either way, this was all exciting for us. So if you're new to Git or this is the first time you're hearing about Git, buckle up, get on the ride because it's such, it's a harder learning curve. Or no, I don't want to say a harder learning curve. It's a concept the, to kind of understand how the process works. But once you start utilizing it, it's, I mean, I'm dependent on it. I, oh, go ahead, Seth. You're going to hit something? No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll go through my experience as I was learning Git briefly. Git was, um, it, in simple terms, it's very easy to get started with, but uh, it does have a lot of depth to it, way beyond what I initially interpreted Git to be when I started learning about Git. So I thought, you know, Git was, okay, copy a bunch of files to my computer, 
work on them locally and then commit them and then push it back to these different things called branches. So it was basically like, you know, I'm just taking copies of files, working on stuff and pushing it back to a cloud server or a server somewhere. That That is in fact true. But as I got into more of the capabilities of what you can do with Git, you can uh, cherry pick things. You can take these files, you can merge things, you can have merge conflicts. How do you resolve that? And it's really made for a team of developers to build in software that, that we're really borrowing a lot of that core capability from and now we're, bring, we're bringing it directly to workspaces right. so i'm very excited to see how that's going to pan out um, because i think this is going to be I, I, right now the way i see it in, in powerbi.com you can only use devops today i'm hoping that it becomes a little bit more open for github as well because github is my my actually my preferred git provider at this point but for now you know it's fine like we can use we can use devops I can't. I thought it was any Git type of repository. So I think the feature is you can use any kind of Git. When you go into PowerBI.com and and make a Fabric based workspace, there's a drop down menu. You can see the features in there already. You can see there's a Git yeah. integration piece. So what I do is I go to Git and I try to change the provider something other than DevOps. I was unable, and this might have been really? just me at this time. Yeah, I, I was unable to change it to anything other than Azure DevOps. It just was DevOps. It's already linked up that way. So I'd have to imagine that at some point in the future, they'll give you a, you know, hey, put your Git URL here and it'll just be able to link itself up just like you would with Synapse. But for now, it doesn't look like you can change it to anything other than DevOps today. But I wouldn't see why they need to do anything special with DevOps uh, it's as it versus yeah. it's Git just like, um, you know, GitHub would be. So I don't know. And Microsoft owns GitHub anyways, so why wouldn't you? Yeah. So I, I guess you 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 guys are avid users of Git, and and Mike, you just outline in you know the the simple process by which you you thought Git you know um, yeah help, helped you out. What what would you guys say for people just having to come into this and learn the capabilities of Git? Like, what are the core concepts or things that would ease a transition into you know kind mm. of this murky world of like i've got to go copy this library to my local or sync or like what are the what are the core concepts that people need to um that you'd convey that could get people started down the path of, of that's a great point connected and I, I think it starts with the complications we've had with power bi in the first place when you think uh, about no, what power bi yeah. probably okay. not related right now because like, just, what i want to focus on get just talk get right yeah, because then we can talk about like the specific solution, you know, that Rui and the team and everything is, but and why it's going to work out well. Yeah, but but since the concept of Git integration is so new to probably a lot of users, I want to lean into that okay. aspect of things yeah. first to like just tease out like in your experience, what were some of the pain points, you know, in, in trying to understand how that ecosystem works? What what are the things that somebody kind of needs to set up or or understand first? So I would say, I'll start off with just a couple things. There's two terms, maybe three terms, you really can need to understand first before you start thinking about Git in general. Uh, there's this concept of a branch. So you need to know what a, a branch of information is. So what, is, what does a branch look like? And you can think of it as like a tree to some degree. And then the other one would be commit is your another kind of key term when you're committing something or you're making a change. Um, there's this concept of committing and there is a principle about I can commit things locally on my computer where I'm working on the files and I can commit things to a remote branch or something that's not on my local computer. So, you know, branching, committing, and then pull requests. Those are kind of the, the three main terms that I think you need to understand when you start thinking about Git. A pull request basically takes a, a single branch and tries to merge it with a secondary branch or a another branch. So, um, at its oh go ahead Tommy you're gonna no, say no, something. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I think the the big part here is the mindset changes unlike everything on your machine now like OneDrive, Dropbox, or Google Drive, it syncs automatically. Mm -hmm. The difference here, to your point, Mike, is there's also that concept of repository, where I have multiple in a sense, think of a repository as a project. I have 
a Python repository. I have a particular workspace repository that has the code files, readme documentation, all that stuff within that repository. It's basically like a big folder. The difference is unlike syncing where everything else that we do now automatically syncs to the cloud, um, to Mike's point, I may be making changes on my computer locally. Uh, great example is you, we have the, um, let's, we could talk about the tablet editor scripts uh, repository as how many people open source commu uh, contribute on that. Where I pull down Mike's repository has all these scripts for tablet editor three, all the mm -hmm. macros. I create a branch and I'm, since I'm editing, I can't publish and push out his changes. He owns a repository, but what I'm doing is I'm making changes and updates, whether modifying a file or adding new files or a uh, new code. Mm -hmm. When I'm ready to go, because it doesn't sync automatically, I will try to push, or in a sense, um, I'll do a merge change. Say, hey, Mike, I've added some files or I modified some of my files that has to be reviewed by Mike before it's in a sense pushed or published to the repository the basically the way is whether you're a team or an individual there's not this oh i'd made a change and now i need to go back and where was that change mm -hmm. i see the changes and i have to actually commit those changes and i think that's a pretty good example of trying to uh, uh put the two worlds together that that is, that is good because it and I like your analogy of like, hey, what we're all used to now is everything syncs automatically. Mm -hmm. You don't have to save anything. And this is, uh, and in many cases, like, hey, Microsoft tool, you can do anything you want, and it's just automatically going right. to work. And and in these cases, especially with development concepts and tools like this, yes, every change is intentional. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. So everything point. gets re re reviewed, and your changes don't automatically show up back into um, the core code until they're validated and approved. And, and sometimes, you know, from, from the description here, it's, it's merging multiple different changes at the same time to make sure that they all work in cohesive fashion in, in yep. the final product. Yep. And another thing I think is, uh, interesting to note here about Git, and this is a, let's, let's take the analogy that Tommy was going with earlier, right? We use OneDrive or we sync a OneDrive location. The file that you're working on, the Excel file, the, you know, the Word document, whatever that may be, any change you make, the entire file gets modified all at once and the entire file goes up to OneDrive, right? And so we're, we're computer. Yeah. You think in this concept of like the entire file. Imagine a project where you have hundreds, if not thousands, of smaller files all collected. And that's what a repo is. A repo is like a collection of lots of little files that many people could be working on. So the concept of Git here is, okay, the, the repo is a full collection of files. We have these things called branches, and typically you have this one called main branch, which is like your master copy. It's like the, the thing that you're going to produce that's your final product. And then if you're going to make changes, you're encouraged to never make changes in main, which my developers yell at me all the time when I make changes in main. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to change this one thing here. And I just whip out this little <laughs> I, I, change I, in main. And they're like, we didn't do a pull request. You didn't do a branch. You didn't copy down your code. No one reviewed your stuff. I'm like, dude, I was just literally adding a comment. They're like, don't do that. I'm like, I know. I'm so a BI developer in a hardcore <laughs> developer's world. <laughs> exactly. Well, I make two worlds combined. <laughs> yes. I've seen I've seen like memes like I only work in production. Like that's like that's well, like me. I'm the same. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm the same. So, so uh, not good behavior. Not yeah. good behavior. Not uh, this practice. And and the reason I bring this up too is like there is like there's a strong culture around data development data engineering, right? There is a very strong, that this is something that has been matured over years and years and years of work about how to develop in software and code. And this works really well. And so um, there, there's also this concept, and again, another, another concept I think that's very relevant here is there's this concept of these files or this main branch actually lives in two places at all times. It lives in the server where it is officially deployed to uh, you know, a web app or your Power BI workspace, whatever it is, there's a server copy of that and there's always a local copy of that. And this is what, Tommy, I think you're referring to, yeah. right? So um, the entire your repo local. basically is copied down to your local machine and you'll have what they call the main branch locally. Your main branch could be out of date or behind what was happening in the service. And so 
there's 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 a constant need to go fetch the changes go fetch which was different and so you're always fetching the different branches and you're collecting that information locally and actually for a new user interested in learning about git github actually has a really good integrator or a little desktop application that makes it really easy for you to see which files have changed are there any diffs between this file that you have locally and this file that's on the server what does your branch look like compared to main branch, either locally or on the remote? And they call like the, the one that's somewhere else, the main server is called like the remote. Um, and so there's a lot of really good tools. As a new user, I really liked the interface of Visual Studio Code because it has a nice little Git integration as well. There's, you know, I don't, again, Michael's not a true developer. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm a wannabe developer. Listen. So in the command line, you can literally command line all the different things you need to do to be able to use Git appropriately on your computer. Like Git push, you know, Git commit, Git merge, all these Git fetch, all these commands. And I don't write the commands. I would rather just have a little UI that says, okay, I'm going to commit this. I'm going to push this. I'm going to pull that. There's buttons inside uh, Visual Studio Code and or this GitHub app that actually makes it pretty dang easy for you to connect to a repo get the changes down locally and figure out what you made and how to get those changes back into the server. Because like all things, there's another language tied behind this called Git bash, which we'll not get into. By the way, my, yeah, let's, not, let's go, I'll go yeah, that deep. We don't need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a new PowerShell module and Python module called PowerShell AI. It's basically chat GPT in PowerShell. And you can basically say, uh, copy this repo or push the changes, write the code and I'll execute it in PowerShell. Pretty cool. But we'll, we'll talk about that another day. That's another, I, that's another topic. That's another day. Um, I, I, I want to go off that topic real quick, what you said, because these are really important concepts because this was the hardest part for me getting started with Git was why isn't synced? I don't know there's a change, mm -hmm. but Git is basically assuming, well, not basically, it's, it's assuming that the type of repo is code or in a sense, some package is not expecting something binary. That's where it really works. If it doesn't, you're not going to store your Word documents and your PowerPoints in Git. It's basically those individual files. And I yep. think that, so that's where I don't think no one has really used Power BI before for sure. Git because. Well, you, except Matias with, with PBI tools. Well, PBI tools, but even then it's, but it splits up and that's a, it's not a PBIX you're checking version history. So I, I, I like I, I, that. That's a ton of great beginning stuff, right? But before we geek out into the solution, right? Why, why do I, as you know, as a, as a, a Power BI Pro in in an organization, why do I want to put my Power BI reporting into this developer's world? Because Tommy breaks all my stuff. All the time. <laughs> but and Mike really, makes updates that go, oops. Yeah, and Mike and Mike edits production all the time. Like that's yeah. the problem here. Mike still edits the main branch all the time. Uh, Mike, so I still edit main difference. branch. Well, no, but that's a good point though. Like in terms of breaking or changes, if someone let's say me and Mike were working on a uh, um a project together, or we are did we move to Power BI yet or we're talking about Power BI? Just what um, um, I'm just asking like what are what why? What are the use cases? Like, so why do I want to put, what, what parts of the organization, there is a lot of Power sure. BI Pro users, right? All the way down to the person who's just learning it from Excel. Should everybody try to do this or should only, would only certain areas of the organization be interested in, in doing that? In, in integrating your, your PBIPs, you know, and deployments through Have we Git. talked about that yet? So I think we should, I think we should go I think we should go a, de a step deeper. So let's I think we should pull back I think your question is very valid. Use cases I think is very much there. Well let's do use cases. Let's let's skip the PBIP for now. I think it makes sense Seth. Okay. That's let's do use cases. So one use case that comes to mind for me initially is because there is this concept of a single source of truth of that repo. You can have a main branch, you can have a t a branch that is test and you can have a branch that is dev. The way I see PowerBI.com working right now is there's a one-to-one -one relationship between a workspace and a single branch on that that repo. So there's there's a there's two use cases I can see here. One is I want to have a single source control. I want to have a single definition of a file that needs to move from my laptop to a dev workspace. And then once we approve the changes, I want that same definition to migrate over to test. 
And I want the same definition after the QA and the quality assurance looks at the data model and everything looks like it's right. Then we move over to prod. So ju just the, the sheer nature of moving a full Power BI file from dev to test to prod, I, w I need the ability to be able to track that and be able to note if I need to make changes against those things. So that that's just one use. I mean, there's probably another another number number of other use cases here, um, but that was just one that I'm thinking of initially. Is is you can link different branches and have those different branches go through different environments. That's probably the most important. Let me tell you for all developers out there what you currently have in your folders for new reports. You have sales report and then sales report v2 because you can't over if you don't want to work on your current version, you have to create a duplicate. This is life before yep. Git. Sales report and, dev, sales report underscore yeah, test. Like exactly. there might be two of those, like, and right. because and you you're not using multiple workspaces much, yet. Right. And you no longer know how far you are. It's, it's not import or, you know, in a sense, it's basically its own data set. There's mm -hmm. a lot of complications if you're trying to make changes to the original report. And if you're a good developer, you're not making changes to the actual report or trying not to. And there's a lot, of, you know, you can use deployment pipelines, but too often you're basically creating a replica or a complete duplicate. Yep. Mike's point now with Git, where that solution comes in is you can have these other branches that are still connected to the same model, still connected to the same source. You can see the individual changes, not like how far are we away from the original, which is so hard to see in just a normal PBIX. What would be interesting to me, and I'm going to make one point and then pop back to a different different one, Yeah, is I, I wonder if this is going to make it easier to, like you're talking about dev test prod, but in mm -hmm. many cases, organizations have individualized environments for dev test prod yes which which were should be seamless well which, which we could use but i wonder if this is going to make it easier to like take the power like the report side of things and and have that uh consistent code go through all the environments but switch models because the data is different many times between those environments Right, so either the model and the report are changing yep. every time you're deploying into each one of these environments. Yep. So it's not the same thing, yeah. or we're somehow going to be able to have a consistent thing that goes along for the ride in each one of those environments. I th I think. Well, I mean, I'm also leaning on. I have not seen any direct demo of a deployment element that has multiple environments of where you're deploying. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, different, the same about. report across different data sets. However, what you'd be checking in is you would doing, you could be doing, um, a, you know, a git ignore or git nor on some of the definition in this new definition where you would ignore mm -hmm. the model portion of a report potentially, and you would then deploy just the report element or the report objects into powerbi.com, which then this also gives the ability to us to only deploy the, the model or only deploy changes to the report. So now in Power BI Desktop, we can make changes and we can pick what pieces of that we're actually going to deploy now moving forward. Yeah. We don't have to deploy all the reports or all the <clears throat> all the um, data sets now. Yeah, and and let's keep going on on this, like the, the more granular fine tune you're taking, like you took my use case question into this, the specifics where the, the point I would make is where I was aiming at is this is like the teams, right? In an organization, who's going to be using this? And it's going to be the like the BI teams that are already close to the developers. It's not yes. going to be the champions or super users that live in business units that are just generating Power BI reports. Or are you saying now with your look that mm, you, I don't know you would start throwing really heavy technical dev? I, I'd go the opposite way around there. instead of thinking about the people. Well, instead of going after champions and the personas of the people working in that, right? So there's like maybe a central BI team mm -hmm. and then there's champions. I definitely think champions have the capability of understanding and being able to build and build successfully with this capability. That's a lot of UI. It's a lot of clicking on UI stuff. So I don't think there's any, any, um, I don't think there's any reason why you would say they, the, the person wouldn't find value from using that. However, what I would say is, I think when you're talking about certified, promoted, or just regular content, I think that's more appropriate, the breakpoint. So you could have champions working on certified content, and I think you would want those certified or, or Power BI champions working on a certified piece of content, whether a data model or a report, 
yeah, then then I think we're using Git. Then you're then you're educating that champion around potentially using that and integrating with that because now we're talking more corporate, higher level reporting, and and there may be a champion no, in a department no. that is doing this for their team. But but this is this is where I'm like I'm not completely aligned with you, right? Because what I would argue is a certified data set or report just has like we we hope to have SLAs around the data. We hope to have mm-hmm. like all those things should be in place. Yep. But th- this is how I manage the report. This is not how I manage the data. And if I'm if the if it's coming from a certified place and the person who owns the report is certifying that when the report gets out there, it's valid and good. Your 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 line of thinking would force a business user to adopt a very technical tool to click publish. Right. And, and I don't know what the appetite and, and the, the reason I, I, I'm leaning towards not agreeing with you is the the cycles of development and tools like this are put in place for development teams and software development so that when there's consistency and trust in an application being deployed on, across an organization. So from there, I see your point. Those technical teams also get leeway from the organization in terms of how long it takes to do something that is okay to push through those those like pipelines and those code reviews and everything to get something out. The business works in a completely different way. Like the front end is usually like turn it around, turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you from the fundamentals of like, yes, it, it, like all these points I'm making would be solved by having Git. What I'm, what I'm butting against is I don't think business would be like, yeah, I'm totally okay with you spending, you know, more time than, than clicking the one button Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. validate that the change that you're making or the team has made is, is a, is a valid one. I I see. I see your point and I'll raise your point a, <laughs> I'll raise your point a, imagine, imagine a world. Well, so you don't need to be working in desktop and you don't even really need a ton of work around going into Git and, and publishing things to different branches. Right. So another avenue of this is, okay. So when we're thinking a dev team, we're thinking like multiple branches, we're thinking, uh, you know, merging commits, doing reviews. Mm-hmm. I do think there's also this area of, what I used to do in the very beginning, I would make a main branch and everything, all the work I did was in main branch. I would commit directly to main branch and I would make all my changes there. So I think that Power BI champion or that business user group would be very comfortable being able to say, I'm going to go into this workspace. I'm going to connect my DevOps to this workspace. And then it just kind of works. You can edit in the service. You could edit in desktop. And now all that stuff can get synchronized together. So imagine a business unit that doesn't use desktop or it wants to use it less. Now, this, fe- this feature unlocks the ability for you to go into report, edit it, make its changes, and commit those changes right back to the branch. So, so here's the part of this. Take yeah. your, throw yourself, so throw your, like, okay, you were an anomaly because I say throw yourself back to, like, when you were using Excel, and you're the guy that's trying to break it. I'm, <laughs> like, so, writing macros and full up on Excel. But what about the 95% of users around you, right? What was the frustrating point? They couldn't do VLOOKUP. They they kept doing the same thing. If they right? hit the happy, lookup, happy paste, shell's not going like, to be great. Happy paste, manually move from tab to tab, work through the Excel doc. Like mm-hmm. and why? Because that's all they were ever shown, and the interest to go further is isn't there. Right. And or, like the minute you say, take a person like that. The minute you say, DevOps, but that's not a champion. Shut down. No, that's no, not no, a champion. Yeah, oh no, hold on. Like, if we're introducing these technologies, if we're introducing these technologies, we are changing processes and we're also really defining the lines because we're introducing new, very, to your point, Seth, very development-based technology. This is not mm-hmm. just, here's a new bookmark feature. Look on a UI, right? Like, look, yep. you can see the right. code underneath. But we're like, because, yeah. And they're like, right. oh my God. But because, that? let's go back to our principle that uh, people process technology, the technology now introduced is development focused. This does take someone requiring time to learn and adapt because there's a lot more process mm-hmm. now they have to learn. 
This yep. is not just a simple little process change, like just publishing an app and we'll review it after kind of thing or put yep. So you're requiring that person now to adapt a lot of process, a lot of intake of time and concept for a business user where this is not their full-time job to Good be point. an RBI developer. And listen, I would like them to, I honestly like that would be the goal, but they're like, I'm in marketing, dude. Like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, why I have to learn what like, I get? I like, just want to see my bar chart. Yeah, you know, like, yeah literally. Now you're telling me to look at code? Like, wait. But, but I would agree with you. Like, I agree with you. In a non-champion persona, 100%, this is exactly what I would agree with. Like, the, what you just described there is a, non, is a non-champion. Champions are so close to some of your leadership. Champions are also the people your center of excellence is integrating with. I think you're, I think your champions are way more capable than you're giving them credit to. Uh, okay, so but at the same time, some champions, I, I, yeah, correct. Like how how far along you are in your your adoption journey and your data culture, I think dictates like what the level of champion we're talking about. This I'm just looking for the person who's writing reporting in that business unit. Yeah, right? like they they don't have to be the uber the uber person who's who wants to learn Git, right? And I think in there, there's some nuance here. Um, we can I, argue all day, like yeah. d- depending on the types of organization. I'm just saying, like the the get stuff is probably too advanced for many many business users. And I think what's honestly going to happen is there's going That's to be a take. split of the okay. champion. There's going to be like a sub champion who is still in that role, we're not sub champion, and then a super hero, super champion. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, it's actually it's actually going to come down to the business, right? Like if the business knows that there's a tool that is very developer centric that would um, lower the risk to the organization of seeing errors in reporting, maybe they say learn it. I, I want I want everything to go through there, right? But and I just like, like yeah. imagine, I don't see business units doing that. Imagine think you're it's a CEO no, no, thing. No, no, no. Huh? Think about this, Mike. Imagine says, Mike, you're going to be a finance champion. Here's QuickBooks. Here's some mm. accounting principles. Go ahead and learn it because we, you have to do that if you want to be a finance champion. You I, get some great benefits and you'll be in a demo. But like, there's a whole other set of concepts here that are outside of just data here. That but now you don't need to know them. That's my point. The point here is the the Synapse environment today already has this built in. 90% of the people who are using Synapse today don't even know how to check in, check out, do anything with Git within Synapse. Fine. There's literally a drop-down menu. Or not, so I think you guys are thinking like full like branching and checking in, checking out and desktop yeah, and studio code. You don't need any of that. Like Think about how simple this can be too. So this this feature spans a very simple user base all the way down to the super technical. So the simplest implementation of this would be is go to a workspace, open up a DevOps, Git repo, connect it, done, walk away, change no behavior, no process change. All you're doing is adding a Git repo to that. The only additional thing you're getting now is by adding the Git repo, users can then go into the service, edit reports. Users can download reports from wherever they live, edit them, whatever they want, and republish them to the service. The service will recognize, hey, I have a Git repo attached to this. You just published a brand new report. All the definition of that report is now different. There's no change in any behavior for publishing. The only difference is there's now a new icon in the upper right-hand corner that says the, the, the workspace is different than the repo. And you just click synchronize. I don't so, know, but that's... Well, hang on, Tommy. Hang on. yeah, yeah. yeah. So this you're gives you tracking changes. I'm I'm saying that there's a there's a whole layer of here that's like okay I'm not doing any any major check ins I'm not doing diffs like ex- ignore all that yes I agree with you diffs changes VS Code all that kind of stuff yes focuses on the developer but now I have a full version control of every single file and now you know again if Microsoft builds the UI around this where they can say okay here's here is your branch. Here is every single person who's been making changes on things. And oh, by the way, we want to roll back to a certain period of time. Well, now that everything's in a Git branch, you you could potentially conceive, and again, I haven't seen the demo of this yet, but you could conceive a, okay, here's all the different changes that were made. Which change number do you want? And you could literally go back in time and say, okay, I want three days ago, I'm going to restore to that state. And it just does it. It's just, it's gone. So, I mean, I think in that simplistic term, I think, so where I'm, I'm agree- so I'll say this, I'm agreeing with you guys. I do agree with what you're saying. When you, if you're talking about if we're going to use all the features of Git, yes, 
I don't think you're going to be um, leveraging full, you know, GitHub for that business unit. However, from a change tracking standpoint, or, you know, um, or even, or even having to do like, um, you know, potentially, well, there's other things here, but I think for just for a change, change tracking standpoint, there's none of that today. We don't have any ability to, to, to publish something into a workspace and get a state in time what that workspace is. So I think this at a very high level, and I think Microsoft will make it easy for us to be able to publish, edit, build inside that service or desktop, and then just have commits and updates basically on the branch. And that will then change the workspace so it makes, so it synchronizes with what's in Git. But so, but there's the, and I agree with that to an extent, but the problem is if you're having the champion work on something that is promoted and they're just publishing, it's published to the uh, workspace. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what we're trying to avoid. It it, again, you're talking business unit. You're, you, you just right there, your words right there automatically pushed yourself into not a business unit. Fine. You're not talking central BI. So like, again, I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that's the right way to go all the time. I'm saying, I think based on what I see from the feature, you can have a business unit just drop in a, a Git repo and just continue their daily work that they normally have. Yeah. First change, last change in wins, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so you don't make any change to the existing process. Well, what's interesting is the, the rebuttal that I was thinking through was like, okay, well, I already have that now, especially with my auto-syncing in OneDrive to SharePoint, and yes. version, I'm version controlling all the time before I publish. However... But do we love that, that? that? But that falls apart with the new modeling in the service. Yes. Because there's no you can't sync, do that. There's no sync back to right. my, no. my OneDrive files. So Correct. I would agree oh, if it's a... Quiet. Like, that would be a great, like, uh-oh, or um, backup, kind of mm -hmm. a backup... Um, mm -hmm. system within the workspace where you yes. just, yeah, plug in the Git and then, you know, a, a new user when you're publishing or it says, you know, you you did some change, click, yep. click the, you know, push it back button and then yep. you'll be safe. And then, yep. no matter what you're doing, you can always restore it to a, a, a certain point in time. So I, I agree with that. Um, and I think we can move on unless you guys have other, other areas. So you guys brought up single source of truth, right? Git introduces that. The other thing we we talked through, which I think is interesting, is on some of the lar larger reports, the ability for multiple users to work on different aspects of the report. Yeah, that's another big one. And and then follow once again another developer process where you're actually doing a code review as you're merging, you know, these these two things back together. So you can actually have multiple people working on different aspects, of, like uh, each on a different report page, which man, that's mind blowing. That's, that's awesome. I think that's part of the, the wins that we've all been wanting where the, the collaboration was more or less impossible. It's amazing to me that we're finally doing this because in power apps, and I think I have a feeling the power platform with the Git repos and with some of these push to the champions, I think we're gonna see mm -hmm. a little more power platform and power automate to make a lot more of this seamless. I'm, I'm sorry, just... we're talking fabric. We don't, those, those tools I, are all, all fabrics part of Dataverse, my friend. All, it, it, it's da all- Dataverse, Dataverse. Dataverse. No, it's not. Dataverse, Dataverse was the platform that's by dynamics. all of the, yeah, yeah that's and CSP. No, it's not. You want to bet a state? Okay, date, data, all the data pipelines, everything that was dataverse, and all of that. There's a synchronization data flows between per, dataverse. Data flows perspective stored everything in CSV files on the dataverse. Mm -hmm. Fabric is one lake based, and everything that's morphed over into there is delta parquet. Whether or not these systems communicate with one another, and you're saying that they've said that dataverse is now part of Fabric. Not part of that. Hold on. I'm, no, no. I'm it's still its own product, but they're going to do a synchronization or a real-time right. synchronization between Fabric and Dataverse. So sure, Dataverse is still its own product. Everything, they want everything in one lake. That's why. Yes. Right? Because yeah. you can extend and all these tools get much yes. better when they don't have to store in CSV files yeah. in a cobbled together way on a back end. So I, don't, I don't bring LinkedIn. your power platform into here. We're not part of that anymore. <laughs> So, we, I don't even know where we, we're fabric. I save things all the time in LinkedIn posts and they do not get saved. I'm sorry, that bugs the heck out of me. So like Dataverse, you know, so how I think, of, so Dataverse is Dynamics. Yes. Dy Dynamics is that thing. And so mm -hmm. what I would say is Dynamics is not just CSV files and flat stuff. Like right. Dynamics is like, right. there's like event hubs and there's Cosmos DB and there's SQL databases. And there's like, so Dynamics has got a lot of things under the hood that kind of makes all that thing work. 
when when Dynamics materializes its data to other platforms, it looks like Dataverse. So it looks like a, a series of tables that you can go hit and use or edit or modify. And there's like an integration between what is Dataverse and what what the Power Platform and particularly Fabric is going to be doing. So I wouldn't I wouldn't lump them in together as the same. Yeah. Well, they've been doing this for a while. So I, I I'll backtrack a bit, but they've been doing this with a while with Synapse. So Seth just won a stake. We he never said he. I did not hear you're on. <laughs> we oh, never oh, pinky swear. Words you, trickled out. I will, I will bet it's <laughs> you can. So basically, the same integration's been available with power with the Dataverse before, where I can connect my Dataverse to Synapse uh, workspace, and now I can do the same thing with Fabric, and I just push the yeah, data. But the synchronous. Like, have you done one to Synapse before? Well, it's better than pulling from Power BI. I would agree. Gosh darn it! Even even syncing Dataverse to like Synapse has not been the most yeah. elegant thing for yeah. me. I've had some struggles Usually, with that. It's bad. And not to go too random, but my Microsoft my my fabric's freaking out right now. I uh, just was testing something out. I said we've added premium per user to your account, like which I've had. And then I said you can buy this later in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so few bugs. Maybe, maybe a couple <laughs> bugs still bugs. so yeah. far. So. <laughs> Wow, it's been around for a while then. <laughs> yeah, I was about. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm beat you to it, Microsoft. But that's um, funny. Yeah. Okay, so the what collaboration. Are, so 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 let's let's dig into like what are what are some of the new things specifically with Power BI files in Git in this integration that um, obviously we we've talked about like we can branch, we can merge, we can do all these things that Git provides. Mm -hmm. What what is what does this look like now? Um, from how did they organize this? How are they breaking it apart? Um, how are they breaking apart the Power BI files or like what is that? Mm, Let's Mike's talk. new hat. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried making one last night. The 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 maker is not is not built yet, so uh, couldn't make a hat. So it will incoming as soon as the uh, the t the hat making tool in my website works again. So we now I've officially three file types. So yeah, exactly. A PBIX, a PBIT, and now a PBIP which is Power BI project file. So let's, yeah, let's go in deep on like, what's this PBIP thing? Cause this is, I think really the workhorse of what we're talking about here. Yep. So from my understanding, based on what I've seen so far, there is, and, and whenever you do, um, whenever you do a full um, PBIP file, so now in desktop, you should be able to go into the desktop. You should say, I save as PBIP. And what that'll do is it'll generate a series of files and folders. With that, when you talk about Git, Git also has its own folder structure. There's a .git file, there's a git ignore folder or file as well. So there's actually some files that come along the ride for a Git. And there's actually a new file type called PBIP, which is just a JSON object that has the definition of what report, what model you're looking at. And if you click on the PBIP, it will pick up the folder named the report and it'll pick up the model named the data model. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how this is going to work. The demo only showed two thin reports and one data model inside the demo, but I would imagine in a workspace, you could have multiple models, multiple thin reports because it's synchronizing everything with a workspace together. And, and this, this is where I want to like lean in, mm. uh, which is one, some of the, some of the integrations or methods that people have had, I don't, I, I don't recognize a thin report do they right. right whereas this this integration is fully recognizing the fact that or supporting i should say a, a common practice of having a single model that yes. supports many different objects and the fact that that was demoed was awesome to see mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that is exactly how many 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 people how you scale the Power BI solution. Right? Yeah, totally. And, and to be able to manage all of those artifacts on singular models within the same project, um, it was built the right way. Right? And yeah, I was Rui's on oh, point yeah. with what he was like. Yeah. He had the right design and he was definitely coming. So Rui came from the business. He came from like mm -hmm. a company that was highly technical. I think DevScope is where he came from. And he was already hacking these files way, way harder than anyone else was at the time. And so he understood yeah, what right. was going on. And so the fact that Microsoft hired him away from DevScope was awesome. In addition to that, he really understands what development cycles should look like. And, and so I think really he was very much the right hire for mm -hmm. that position to build this kind of feature, because this is to your point, Seth, like, you know, in this PBIP folder, 
when you're building, you could have five reports and one folder for a data model. Or potentially, I think you could even have multiple data models inside this folder structure. This, so this, you say that, and that's where I go, okay, I, we didn't see it in a demo, but that would make a ton of sense because then I could have my dev test prod model. All right. All right there. And, and yep. if I have all those objects in the same yep. project, yep. my assumption would be that I could run my thin reports across each one of those models as mm -hmm. I deployed data changes and report changes. And the, the PBIP file is the thing that changes what you Hopefully. look at. We'll right, right. Well, so the PBIP file has a definition of here's the folder that has the report in it. Here's the folder that has the model in it. So you could literally mm -hmm. copy the folder that is the model three times and say model.dev, model.test, model.prod. And then you go into the PBIP folder and you physically change or comment out or uncomment different things you want. And so you now can then change the PBIP folder. And literally the PBIP folder is just a pointer to where the reports exist and what model you're looking at. So I could take the Cross same report, run it against a model that is dev, close that file back out, open it. Update, update the connection strings within. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like that, but it's it's a little bit more abstract. It's like, it's not as challenging as updating the connection strings. Ooh. And there's this whole issue with the model having data in it, right? So the this new method will be smart enough to know, hey, I'm going to pick up this model. There's a whole bunch of tables here that don't have any data in them. Because one of the challenges we have today with checking Power BI files into Git now is that file could be 500 megabytes because there's there's literally data stored in the PBIX file. So what this method is doing is basically allowing you to strip out the portion of the, the single part, the single file that is the data and say, I'm going to ignore the actual data part, but I'm going to keep the definition of the model and the report. So now you're really checking in just the model report definitions, the metadata, and you're and ignoring the data. Could go, those could go independently too. Yeah. Right? Like I yes. could just have model changes that I Correct. need to push through and yes. validate that it's coming through. Yeah. Are, are we sure this is not though the direct lake though? This also works with import. I haven't seen that yet. I'm obviously. It's oh not yeah, out. it works for import or direct. Yeah. Well, I don't think they say. What it about cross workspace? What was that? What about cross workspace? If I have a thin report in another workspace, you said it's just a pointer then. So it depends on what, what you're looking at though. Like if you're looking at if you're looking at local, right? If you have it locally, it's not going to work. I don't see I, why well, it wouldn't work. Well, think about it. Your direct, not unless both the workspaces are connected to the same Git. You're not going to pull the model down locally if you're so. I'll, I'll say it this way: from what I understand of what I've seen the feature so far, there is a connection string that's located in there, and if you change the connection string object, you can point to a local model or you can point to a model in the service. So if you have thin reports, there is the ability to say this report points to this service element, which is the URL hmm. of that XML endpoint. So it knows it's going to be smart yeah. to say, I know that model's out in the yeah. service there. That would make now, sense. The tricky part too is you can also do this. I think also you can also put in local host. So you can also do local host inside that connection string piece as well. So you could bring down a repo that is a bunch of thin reports. You could bring down a different repo that is your model, load up your model in desktop, change your thin reports in the PVIP file to point to your local model based on local host, which again, there's already, you know, we already have in business ops, we already have a number of tools that help you find the local host and port. I think you could just pop that into the PBIP file. Again, you're editing the JSON and saying, oh, by the way, don't go to the service. Go here to this local AS model, and it'll just work. The, the there, thing, there's so much more flexibility now. The thing that's scratching my brain, though, that doesn't make sense is what, where does the hook of connecting a workspace to that Git repo play? I'm not sure I understand. I have, I'm not sure well, I follow. Like, I'm syncing objects back and forth with a singular git repository what if i'm like traversing i can't traverse what if the workspace is owned by a different git i suppose it wouldn't be would it no no i believe you can only have one workspace one branch so there's one there's this one branch okay yeah. that would make sense to me so you know so that so you would have a different you would have a you, you potentially have a branch that sends thin reports into a different workspace pretend yes correct so um you you could take so okay I see what you're saying here so um there is so patterns in patterns in data modeling right one is make a dev test prod of just the data sets sure. make another workspace 
or series of workspaces that is dev test prod of just thin reports. And so that way I can then give metered access to the people who are building thin reports versus the people who are building data models. So, and then the data model connects directly to those thin reports. I think there's no reason why you couldn't have a Git repo that has branch dev, branch model. And so in those branches, you could contain those things. I'm not sure if that's what you'd want to do ultimately. You may actually have two different repos where it is model repo and thin report repo. And then what you're doing is you're then publishing, you know, the main branches of those two separate repos to two different pipelines. And each in oh, each of those repos, you'd have dev test prod in each of those two different what's repos. Your, what's your main branch then, though? Prod. <laughs> That's your prod workspace. So you, you could do you could all, manage it both ways. Prod workspaces. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I just like I'm not as familiar, so I'd like it, it seems like a. I don't think I would recommend exercise of yeah, figuring out how you would how you would support scenarios where you would have thin report like a model in one workspace and your thin reports in multiple, like they could be in that one or they could be in a different workspace. Yes, correct. I'll just, I'll just play with that a bit more. I haven't gone that deep on them, but I I think you would make two. I think in my mind right now, looking at what I understand today. It would probably make most sense to make two repos, one for just the models and one for just the sure. thin reports. And that way there's full separation between those two items. And then if you would have dev test and main, and then that would go to dev test and your production environments. More, but, more fun to think. Let, think let's about. take a quick step back. We literally said, here's Git, guys. And <laughs> we've gone to the branches. Um, what about the collaboration feature? And I think I, I, I kind of want to really hammer down on the collaboration effort of how this bridges the user and like even the champion with uh, the developer because one of the demonstrations where we did that i think is going to be the biggest probably the easiest low-hanging fruit is i can edit in the service and that's and that's pushed back so i can also focus on doing mod like simple modifications in the service and not worry about my desktop being out um, out of scope or out of version. How do you handle desktop being out of version? Well, yeah, so we've now solved that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think to me the main, you know, insightful piece that I find here is I can make now, so what this does, this solves the whole problem of I need to make changes in the service, I need to make changes in desktop. Right. So now one thing that we've, one thing that's changing my process now with this addition, if something is in Git, I'm not as, I'm not as inclined to say you can't do anything. You, you can't edit in the service. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I'm more accepting of, hey, you can edit in the service, but if you do, we we recognize there's a common definition of what this workspace should be. Whether you're looking at desktop or whether you're looking at the service, it's all there. And so now I can say, okay, if you're making changes in the service, my recommendation would be is make sure that there's a minimum of a GitHub repo attached to it. If you're not going to put a Git repo in there, don't make changes in the service because you can never get those files out and you're constantly downloading that file to whatever people are working in. And so another challenge I think that has been somewhat resolved here a bit was you could go get files in the service. Those files are now um, locked or if you change them on incremental refresh and you would, you would for a period of time, if you changed a, mo a report and model, if you changed the model and had incremental refresh on it or changed anything with the XML endpoint, you could never get it out. The definition would never come out to you. Correct. So this, that, I think, also is, unblocks oh, that. that. That's huge. Yeah. So now you yeah. can actually, now you can say, okay, even though I'm going to be changing, so it feels like what they've done is mm -hmm. they've unblocked a lot of that feature set as well. So now I can make changes in the service. I can have it on incremental refresh. I can keep the model in the service and its data, mm -hmm. right? So the data can stay there, but I can at least download the definition of that model and work on it locally and then push it back up. And we'll have to see how it finds itself and figures itself out when it gets back to the service. Um, yeah, it's. It, I'm really excited about this, though. I think I think this is going to be a really big improvement. What do our overlords say, man, Mike? Oh, that's a good <laughs> question. I gotta. I gotta go. I, so I add. I asked Chat GPT question earlier. Um, it probably was a very lame question, so it wasn't the best. So I might need it. Tom, Tommy, you might have to also spin up a little chat.ai.com here and see what you would say. You know, what's what would be the right prompt for this one? But I prompted a Bing chat. I said, uh, teach me about Git as if I was a brand new user. And it didn't really do so hot. It just kind of gave me like, <laughs> sure. 
Sure, Git is a distributed version control system that allows you to track changes in your code base over time. It's widely used by developers to collaborate on projects and maintain a history of changes made by the code base. Here Great. are some resources that can help you get started with Git. And just basically list out a bunch of websites like tutorial on Java Point, but tutorial on beginners. So hope these help. See ya. <laughs> so oh, it jumped. I, I asked, why does Power BI need Git integration? All right. And what's, is, is it thinking? The integration of Power BI can significantly improve the development and deployment process of reports and dashboards, especially in larger teams and complex projects. Here's some reasons I'm acting like it's completely correct. Um, version control. <laughs> it is popular version control system to, uh, changes the files over time. Uh, this is particularly useful when multiple work on the same Power BI project. How's it no project? Of what allows them to override each other's changes. Collaboration, branching and merging. With Git, you create separate branches. Automated deployment with uh, CI, CD tools. Audit trail to see who, what changes did what. Mm -hmm. And it's going into, it's treating Power BI like it was just a project. It's not saying, you know, you, our rollback, rollbacks, that's not the thing we talk about. You know, you know the, the, the biggest win or aspect that we didn't talk about at all, which we'll just end with, like, I think is the already developer-centric, probably massive pain point when utilizing Power BI as an embedded solution in an application. This, this is, this is going to make developers extremely happy that we can now like have the power bi reports and those changes go out with releases of mm -hmm. the actual application instead of being this own independent thing that just gets like oh guess what it showed up <laughs> right what, what mm -hmm. do you mean it showed up like yeah. you can't just deploy changes into the application despite the fact that that's yeah. exactly what we were doing yes when you're you have customer facing reporting now everything can go along those sprint cycles, the release cycles, the actual planning, and that's super exciting. So I'm a little scared with uh, ChatGPT at the very end. It says, remember, as of my knowledge, I don't think there's Git integration with Power BI. Oh, yeah, here's the whole explanation. It's like, maybe you do. Maybe you do. <laughs> so I want to I point out your point there real, real quick, Seth. I think you made a very interesting point, and this is going to be more uh, philosophical in nature, just very briefly here at the end as we wrap up here. Your point around hey, we have this awesome thing called Git. What you just described now is going to be able to enable us to change our process. We're going to be able to have... So this, this integration means we need to seriously think about what does this mean for our team and how can we get it to... How can we use it to change our process in a way that will be effective and safer for us to build things moving forward? So I loved your comment. I think that's, that's spot on. But, but it, like I, I, I hit embedded, but it absolutely rings true for BI teams too. Like totally. my team will be learning this because yes. that's how I deliver consistently mm -hmm. into the organization on a, on the very exactly. pivotal key yep. reports that we need to. And so, this is the, yeah, the center absolutely. of excellence needs to do this, needs to understand this and then communicate. Here's the new process we're going to be following. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. we're not just whipping stuff out the door anymore. We now follow this. Here's what it looks like. We're going to do these things. We're going to have these reviews. We're going to have this check-in and then it will get to the workspace. So this is, this is a brand new process we need to develop. How to use Git in your teams and what does this look like for production level, you know, certified data sets and document that process, put it in your, you know, your, your um, center of excellence location or your, your community site, communicate this is occurring. So that way when people ex say, Hey, I need this one quick change. Yeah. That's going to get it in our next release cycle. That's what this is going to look like. So now there's an expectation being set from the BI team back to the rest of the organization. There is an actual no. process now we're following. We, we, we got to wrap. But this also points to a lot. Tommy, this points to a ton of the problems that you surfaced a long time ago where it's like BI teams don't have like they're just constantly under barrage. Right. Right. Constant, like this. This actually would would be the um, the push where a team could be like, hey, we, we need sanity. We're going to bring some of these processes into our life, right? We're going we're gonna to use tools that allow us to create sprints and a backlog, and we're going to release these things through this managed you know, way in which like, we have Git, and we do these releases, and the, the pushback into the business is so we can guarantee accuracy and whatever, yep. right? Provide the justification. This is, this is now, like, now there's a realm where you can not hide behind, but push back and say, we want to deliver the best thing for you. 
like well now you can really give yourself some yeah. you can give yourself some space re removal and and manage your your area i've already added two topics to the our backlog about the bi teams that get where and that's the thing i think one of the biggest takeaways from this entire podcast that we've done was that really that mantra of people process technology that i don't know about you guys i apply in every call that i have in every situation that i'm in and you think about the new technology being introduced it, this has a profound effect on that process. So, Mike, both your points, which I could get into at nauseum right now, but I won't. Mm -hmm. um, I think these are great places that we're going to continue to discover. Awesome. Well, with that, let's wrap it here. Thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. It's been super fun again, as always. Uh, so thank you very much. Um, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere they're available, Apple, Spotify, and uh, YouTube. If you want to learn more about Fabric or if you want to hear us talk about certain features, there's a mailbag on the Power BI Tips site. So make sure to go there and join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Excellent. Thank you all very much. We'll catch you next time.